I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to another episode of the Self-Build Plus podcast, where we chat with self-builders, suppliers, and experts about all things home building and renovating in Ireland on both sides of the border. I'm Astrid Matson, your host and the editor of Self-Build magazine. So today we're joined by Anne and Paul Dyer, whose underground house was featured in the spring 2021 edition of Self-Build magazine. So you guys are ser- serial self-builders now who have also renovated an old mill, I think you were saying, from um, in a previous life. So maybe we could start with um, where you were living when this new build project uh, started taking seed. Um, you guys are in County Fermanagh, aren't you? We were living in a house across the road from the project. What was, yeah. give us yeah. some context and background. Yeah. Do you want to take that, Lee? Well, we moved across from Yorkshire. Um, at the time, Anne's mother was starting to become infirm, living in uh, Sligo, in Ballymote in Sligo. Anne wanted to be nearer to help out with her care. And I was coming up to thinking about possible retiring. It was early 60s. And uh, this place came up for sale. Which was actually being run as a B and B. Off of the road. Yeah. This was across the road from where we live now. The main attraction for us in buying the place uh, wasn't so much the B and B; it was the fact that it had a strip of land adjacent to the lake with a mooring, and the boating has always been my interest. Um, so when we bought the house, Anne carried on running it as a B and B, and for about a year, I was travelling backwards and forwards at weekends. Um. We decided long term we couldn't really see us carrying on with the B&B and I thought it'd be a good idea to apply for permission for a couple of holiday units, self-catering holiday units on the side of the lake. Um, that was the background to it. So so the so so then you did run the, the house as a B and B as well, then was that that was doing well enough that you felt mm-hmm. you could Well it wasn't until the uh, crash came in two thousand and eight. Anne was Anne can probably fill you in on yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, it was it was quite busy and in between times I was travelling to Ballymote, you know, to stay for two or three nights at a time and then 
uh, carrying on with the B&B as and when. But then all the um, traveling seemed to stop when we had the crash 2008 and nine. So, And at that time, my mother was needing a bit more care anyway. So we decided just to not bother with that anymore and uh, just um, see how it went, really. Um, and then we applied for 2006, wasn't it? Yeah. We applied for uh, planning to build on the lakeside and not not really having much hope of getting it because as we, we Martin, the architect, made us aware, you know, about the um, protected route uh, road and a presumption against any sort of planning on the, on the lake side. But we decided anyway just to put it in and, and see see what happened. And then yeah. you came back from fully full-time then, didn't you? Did, yeah. 2009. Yeah. I across full-time. But in the meantime, my mother was still, you know, getting a bit worse. And so we, we carried on with the care. And um, we knew we wouldn't be able to... It was never our intention to stay to stay long term, but you know circumstances happened, and this is, this is how it's happened. <laughs> and my mum died in two thousand and eleven, but we also had I also had a, a Down syndrome brother who, for as long as she was able to, my mother was looking after, and then my sister took on the care in in Ballymote. So he was kind of we were helping out there as well, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah. And he died in 2012. But, but in 2011, much to our surprise, we actually got the planning commission through. So, um, so then it was a case of what do we do now? <laughs> do do we do we kind of up stakes and go about, or do we do it? And we thought it'd be a shame not to do it, didn't we? So, yeah. Well, it was. Um... I think it takes such a long process to get it. We kind of given up. I think yeah. I explained to you before what was going on. The uh, this was before the Good Friday Agreement, and the um, Minister for the Environment at the time, Lord Rocker, decided, had, had pretty much decided there'd be no further development in the rural areas in the foreseeable future, and um, that caused. Uh, Huge upset, and not just among private individuals, but there were ongoing projects, weren't yeah, there? You know, council, council run projects, and, yeah. and yeah. So there was a, obviously a bit of various appeals then, yeah. weren't there? And it ran on for about nearly six years. In the meantime, um, the uh, Good Friday Agreement was, was agreed. Yeah. The um, Stormont came up and running, and so they carried on this um, this arguments backwards and forth about how much. Development will be allowed, and eventually, the planning document was produced. And Martin, Martin McLaughlin, he noticed in this detail of it that the requirement for um, not allowing any more than five percent increase in traffic, if you had an existing access onto the road, wasn't there. So Martin immediately wrote to the local authority, pointing out that we'd fulfilled all other conditions. Um, and as this condition, the 5% increase wasn't mentioned, could we now have planning permission? And within two weeks, we it was it. approved. But Martin always thought we, he always said we were pushing at an open yeah. door. I think yeah. they really wanted to grant it yeah. because of the nature of the, yeah. the bills. The, the, the way that came about, the, we knew we were going to be up against it and we'd, we'd have to design something that would really fit into the landscape uh, and certainly not stand out. 
And my first introduction to earth sheltered housing was probably 40 odd years ago, seeing um, Scotland. Yeah, the Findhorn community on the uh, of the Murray Firth in Scotland. Um, there was a picture I saw of a, a small reading room, uh, earth sheltered, um, and it struck, it struck me how well it fitted into the landscape. And I, I kind of took an interest in it, in the idea of earth sheltered at that time, and then more or less forgot about it as years went by. But when it came to thinking of something that would fit into the site here, um, I thought that would fit the bill very well. Um, I should explain that the site is actually facing northwest. Uh, unfortunately, if it had been facing south, um, we could we would probably be looking at like carbon neutral. Yeah, something yeah, that would yeah. have been uh, passive house type yeah, standard. Yeah. Um, so how? How did you deal with that design then? You, you had to, your your the whole, so the house is underground, so yeah, it, you had to put in loads of skylights, was it? Or how did you? Um, well, the main the main elevation uh, faces, as I, as I said, northwest, that's looking out across the lake. And the rest of it is, is underground. So the roof lights became important, um, not just to get extra lighting, but also... Uh, for any kind of solar gain, you get far more, I think it's something like two and a half times more yeah. in, through a roof light than you get through um, normal windows. Um, the one regret I did have is that we I opted to put the insulation on the inside, and I think with the benefit of hindsight, uh, I would have put it on the outside. I think I was fixated with the idea that the gain from the solar mass, of the, the thermal mass of the walls, you would have to be getting direct sunlight, which would I realised since is not the case. Any any kind of heat would uh, warm up the structure. But didn't you have it? Um, didn't you want to have stone on the outside as well? You would have clad it then in stone out on from the external insulation, was it? Well, the stone pattern is just on the one single elevation that overlooks the lake. I um, think Paul was meaning on the you know the part that's buried, if you like, you know the. Uh, we have seen, oh, right. you know what I mean. And, and mm -hmm. We have seen it since somewhere on Grand Design, I think. So yeah, people doing that, putting the insulation around the outside rather yeah. than yeah. But um, so, it, so, uh, yes, yeah. sorry, Astrid. it still works pretty well though, doesn't it? It works very yeah, well. Yeah. Um, in fact, the first um, first time I had the family over was a Christmas dinner, uh, and I think we we're seated about eleven people for dinner. Um, and tap the doors open. <laughs> we did, yeah. We started off in the morning, well, lunchtime, I think. We lit a, have a, a wood burning stove in the main living area. And we lit the stove, didn't have the underfloor heating on. Um, had our meal by about five o'clock. And by about half past six, everybody decided we shouldn't put any more wood on the fire. And by about half past eight, <laughs> please, we had open the the, please open the doors. <laughs> and that was just the body heat. Really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what was the building method? Walk us through that. Um, well, the, basically, the two end walls and the back wall are um, retaining walls. So there's a huge retaining wall structure, which is um, uh, with steelwork tied into the um, steelwork in the floor slab. So we have an engineered floor slab and the steelwork leading up and then into the retaining wall. The retaining wall itself consisted of... Um, 
an inner skin of six inch solid concrete block, eight inch of reinforced concrete and a four inch um, concrete block at the back of that. On the inside of that, there's then um, a cavity, a four inch cavity with um, bumped uh, silver bead insulation and an inner skin of um, thermal blocks, thermal lightweight insulation blocks. On the outside of that is um, a damp proof membrane, which is a bitrothene, which is like a, a thick plastic with about um, three or four millimetres of, of bitumen cutting on the inside. That sticks to the outside wall. And then to protect that, I put up a, another four inch um, solid concrete skin. Now, I know you can avoid that. You can use the arm materials on the, on the market. Um, which is like a corrugated plastic, which is supposed to lead the water away from the wall. The problem with that is if it gets damaged during backfilling, um, it fails. So we went for the old-fashioned way. We put a, a four-inch solid concrete block wall to protect the damp-proof cars. And then beyond that, from top to bottom, there's half a metre of two-inch clean stone. Um, at the bottom of that is a 12-inch... Land drain going right around the property. And then above on the concrete roof itself, we had a precast, pre insulated concrete beams. Um, there's a membrane to protect the, the damp proof membrane, if you like, a geotech membrane. And then the damp proof membrane is um, a reconstituted rubber that um, covers the whole roof and the joints are welded. That was done by specialist subcontractors. And that in turn oversails the block work on the building by about, I don't know, about a foot, 30 centimetres. And that drains into the clean stone. should mention as well, Paul, that the roof does slope. Oh yeah, there is, a, there is a slope from back to front. I think it's about one in 85. So all the water runs off anyway. Yeah. Yes. So we don't have any gutters and fall pipes and that kind of thing. It all just drains off to the back and then down and away from the land drain. Um, the front elevation then is... Well, the front then is more of a conventional build. It's a thermal block inner skin. And there's a six-inch cavity which is um, filled with the silver bead insulation. Uh, and then a stone frontage on it, um, which is about as low as, as we could get. It's um, Donegal Quartzite, which is from about um, 20 miles of the coast. Um, the roof, which is Anne's Baby Valley, the, the wildflowers on the roof. Above the, uh, the damp proof membrane, there's, there's a, a four inch layer of uh, 20 millimetre pebbles which act as drainage above that there's another layer of geotech and then there's a four inch layer of soil and then and do you want to explain about the roof yeah well um, we we weren't quite sure what we were going to do we knew it was going to be a green roof and um, we kind of didn't fancy a sedum which seems to be you know well, it's the most monoculture and at that time, the Ulster Wildlife Trust had launched a campaign called Save Our Magnificent Meadows, which in, to, to restore some of the uh, native wildflowers which had been wiped out. 
Uh, one of the, the main ones being uh, yellow rattle, which was always present in meadows until intensive farming took over, and then it was just completely wiped out. And it, it does have a useful purpose in that it will keep grass down, so it allows more space for wildflowers to grow. So we they we got in touch with them and we had a chat and um, talked about and decided we'd have a go because they they'd already done some projects, hadn't they? Yeah. On the verges and you know various places roundabout. And um, so they gave us some of the yellow rattle seeds, which we planted the end, just the very end, very last minute you could really, end of yeah. October, just about a day before we were due to travel to South Africa to see Paul's brother. And, um, and they came through beautifully, didn't they, yeah. in, in you know, the following spring. And then in between, all these other flowers started appearing. And um, so this is like fourth year now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I just cut it early on April, maybe maybe twice. If if it starts, some sometimes it grows early, doesn't it? it starts yeah. growing so, and then leave it for the rest until about the end of August until it, all the you basically cut in the grass before the wildflowers before the wildflowers appear. Yeah. yeah. And um, but what's happened since is. That we have an area of uh, grass in front of the house, which is long, you know, meant to be a lawn, and all these wildflower seeds have just flown over. So, so we just leave that as well now. Last yeah. year it was just covered. You've probably seen from the pictures, uh, Astrid. It was um, it was covered in in wildflowers, wasn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's yeah. absolutely fabulous. Yeah. The, thing that the pictures are amazing as well. Are they fabulous? Aren't they? Yeah. The yeah. thing that really impresses me about it is if you go up there in the summertime you can actually hear it yeah, you can hear the roof buzzing yeah. you know with bees and all kinds of um, wind creatures it's, it's really good so so far we've had no problem have we no. with anything you know and no. it's the we we finished up having to install a small gas uh, boiler because we found that the wood burner wouldn't be acceptable to building control as a main as, source as a heat. main source of heat but really, okay. it doesn't come on very much, does it? And we don't. No. Uh, it was last time they came to fill it was probably last July, wasn't it? Yeah. And they still haven't been back, so. We were considering um, a heat pump, an air source heat pump, but at the time, and we're going back a few years now. Yeah, there weren't. There didn't uh, seem to be all that. There seemed to be a lot of problems. Seemed yeah. to be, and the installers were saying, I was speaking to some central heating guys, and they were saying that. They're taking as many systems out as they're as they're installing because mm. people weren't happy with the yeah. the running costs or the, the, the cost, uh, of, cost any, of breakdowns. Break down, yeah. And so I was a bit put off. Um, I know it's improved since, and I think that's one thing I probably would. Mm. We use the two small gas boilers as a as kind of a temporary measure just to get us on our way, kind of thing. Mm. But the, the actual demand on is so small that. Um, mm. They probably won't get lots of change, and then maybe someone else will. Yeah, in the, in the what, what, what are we on the ECG? The, the, yeah, what do you call it? An EPC. EPC thing, it's about B plus. Um, yeah, we are. B plus, yeah. I think, yeah. Somehow. So. Yeah, but well, this is how much energy are you using a year for to heat and heat the house? Well, we're spending. And hot water. Well, we have hot water cooking because we have a gas cooker. Oh, yes, yeah. And the heating, was it about 400 pounds? 400 pounds. About 400 pounds last year. Yeah. For a year, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it'd be hard to beat that. 
Yeah, and actually, um, for a while, you know, we have been partly using it for the property next door, which we're just finishing off now. So then, are you guys getting a lot of solar gain from your roof lights? Is that where you feel like a lot of the apart uh, from, solar apart from there's uh, about five or six weeks from like the end of November until January, where because you know there's the mountain at the, sort of on the other side from us. And and the sun just doesn't get over the top, does it? So, mm. but apart from that, yeah, it's it's pretty good, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. On a sunny day, the the roof light in the main living area is approximately about four meters by one and a half meters wide, and on a normal summer's day, that will raise the temperature in this room between four and five degrees. Just through. Um, and is it? Yeah, just through cell again. Yeah, and how are you finding the northwest elevation? Is it? Do you get any sun coming through there? No, we don't. no, you don't actually uh, get any direct. We'll get yeah, do a little bit on the east on the morning first yeah. thing in summertime, yeah. and we get a bit in the evening time. Um, the, the big thing for us in terms of the western elevation, if you like, is that um, if you go down to the lake in the evening, you get some fantastic sunsets. Oh. Yeah, they're amazing, the colours. It's hard to have everything, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the view is important, obviously. Yeah, but you yeah. do kind of have everything with the roof lights. Yeah, yeah. You're getting the solar gains. Um, I know it's not where you want In, them, in an ideal world, you know, I mean, things are moving on now, aren't they? I think timber frame construction and all that. But, you know, for this size, it wouldn't have been, you know, you wouldn't have been able to do that, would we? No, I think we did the right thing. Yeah. But it does sit in quite well into the landscape and, you know, like, it, it's, it looks as almost it's always been there in a way. Yeah. So, yeah. We do get a lot of people stopping and commenting on it mm. uh, while it sits in. Yeah. So I think that's been a good thing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Mm-hmm. And we've also got the um, uh, ventilation system as well, you know, heat recovery. Yeah, um, we decided so, to go yeah. down that road because mm-hmm. um, it's always been a bugbear of me that uh, the two warmest rooms in the house, the kitchen and the bathroom, and you put extractor fans in and, and extract the heat out to the cold air. So we, we opted to go for the, the whole house ventilation scheme um, with um, a heat recovery system. And it does work. You can, in fact, if you put your hands up to the um, the vents, the incoming and the outgoing, you can feel that the, the temperature is about the same. It's, it really works. I'm really pleased with that. 
Yeah. Very good. And is there much maintenance on it? You have just change the filter once well, a year. Well, to clean the filter. We'll clean them every yeah. six months. But, um, so yeah. far, that's, so good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And uh, in terms of the construction work, um, how much of it was DIY? I think it was a large proportion, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> All well, of it, really. Business to say, which wasn't. We didn't do the electrical work and we didn't do the um, gas installation. Or the plastering. Or the plastering. But just about everything, everything else. Everything else, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, the, or the, the roof bit, the the tanking of the roof. Oh, yeah, the tanking, yeah. yeah, the, yeah well, not so much. No, we did the tanking around the outside oh, of the building. The outside, but on yeah. the roof, we've got specialist contractors yeah. in to do the damp-proof membrane on they the roof. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And, of course, the, the roof itself, the structural... Um, pre-insulated concrete beams uh, that was clear concrete did that for us they supplied and installed it we were very impressed with them yeah that was part of building control wasn't it that was an issue with um didn't they didn't building control insist on a pre-insulated well slab, was the, it, the, issue, no? the issue was the thermal bridging and um, martin introduced us to clear concrete as a way of getting around that because the beams are pre-insulated Mm-hmm. So it stops any thermal bridging between your blockwork walls and the roof itself. But as I said earlier, uh, had we gone down the other route and put the insulation on the outside, it would have overcome all those problems. Mm-hmm. We could have just used ordinary yeah. um, precast concrete beams. There are always things you could have done differently, aren't there, with yeah. hindsight? Yeah. As, as our government are finding now, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and and any like dealing with building control, how was that? Was that managed by Martin as well, or were you no, guys we um, kind directly. of at the cold face? We did that directly. The actual, in terms of inspections, that wasn't no, there was no problem. problem yeah. uh, what I did find a bit of a bind was that I've been used to most of my working life has been in North Yorkshire and with the various uh, authorities there. And what tends to happen in building control in that part of the world is when you submit the drawing. It will normally be approved within a couple of weeks. Um, and it's on the basis that even though you might not have agreed everything, it's on the basis that um, it will be agreed subject to and the following list. And that you will then sort out on site with the building inspector as, as it goes along. Whereas in this part of the world, everything has to be agreed yeah. before you get Before anything is agreed. <laughs> so consequently, well... To give you an example, the last thing I did before we moved from Yorkshire, we split the house we were living in, which had a, an integral garage at the side of it, and we split the garage off to a, form a, um, a small semi-detached cottage. That took two weeks to go through building control and six weeks to go through planning. Mm. Um, the, the, the plan for that, by the way, was... To, to kind of keep a, a property over there because, you know, we have all, most of our family. Yeah. But um, we, we quickly realised it's not that easy, you know, the difficulties of keeping properties. Yeah. And but by comparison here, we've got six and a half years through planning and a year and a half to get through <laughs> building control. Well, listen, it's a bit more complex a project. You are on, like, <laughs> the super scenic route and but yeah. having said it's that- an underground house and it's... I've been saying that, but um, we're quite pally now with the guy, aren't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't come out of his office at first because, well, I think at that time they were also well so overstaffed anyway. You know that 
But I think now it's been pruned down. Well, I, think that, it? I think that was um, a hangover from the trouble. Yeah. The, the offices would be kept shut. You'd have to make an appointment to uh, kind of get through the door, you know, without being a government. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's still delays. But ever since then, no, it's been fine, no problem at all. So, yeah. yeah. I have to say, everyone, everyone in particular, the. Yeah. Down to the people like the delivery drivers. Oh, they're all brilliant. They're and they're all so cheerful. And, yeah. you know, it wasn't the easiest side to get onto until Not we kind all. of sorted it out a bit. And so they were all really, all so good humoured around yeah, all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you have to invest in that early on to try to make this site accessible? No, well, no, there was an existing um, tr- roadway down to the mooring, um, a, a stoned up track. But it was very overgrown when we first started. Yeah. Uh, and of course, as the job goes along, you're storing materials. And so consequently, I mean, that track now, it's all cleared. It's probably about maybe seven or eight metres wide. At the time we started, you could hardly get a wheelbarrow down it, you know, because <laughs> it had just been the abandoned and neglected kind. Hmm. And it's quite steep. You know, so we did have, yeah, yeah, we've had one or two problems with the uh, wagons getting stuck down there. Fortunately, we have a lovely neighbour with a tractor and he's always... A big four-wheel <laughs> drive, all singing, all dancing tracks, and he just comes along and whips them out with no problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, with your digger, don't forget. You, oh, yeah, you've yeah, been yeah. known to rescue people with your digger. Yeah, I have a mini digger, which is more than my right arm. It's, it's, uh, oh, it's all my arms and legs put together. It's a fantastic little machine. Yeah. He's threatening to take it with him wherever he goes. Oh yeah, we were talking about that the other night because you, you sometimes have to confront these things, you know. And I thought, mm-hmm. I think we've travelled around a bit now. You might as well just be buried where you where you fall, sort of thing. You know? yeah. So, so, so that's when he said, oh, my gosh. Right. "He said, now you've said that, so I know what to do." <laughs> So long ago, first of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then in terms of the health and safety aspects that <laughs> oh, were yeah. on the topic. Um, you mean how it has things? No. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, like you have to, but weren't the those construction design management, whatever they're called there, the health and safety obligations, were those were in place already, I think. Obviously yeah. started earlier. Yeah, really, um, Issue well, it wasn't an issue really. Uh, when the contractors were on site doing the roof, we had to uh, sort of beef up the scaffolding that was around um, more than I'd been working on, kind of thing. Uh, it wasn't really that much of a problem, you know. It's just mm. Uh, mm. They, do, they do adopt a few, yeah. You know, what was it that guy said? He said, Don't ask permission, just ask seek for, forgiveness, just seek forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, and um, again, in and, terms of access, they say there's only one elevation where you actually needed scaffolding, you know, that's the, the stone yeah. but one overlooking the lake. You know, the main we had proper scaffolding up past yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not worried. <laughs> <laughs> um, and claiming back VAT was that straightforward enough, or not really? Um, in fact, we're still in the process of that on the Second property. No, they did give it in the end. Because, did get it. Yeah, because you are, you know, you're entitled to. Uh, I mean, this is this is not a big commercial enterprise. It's for you know for our own use and yeah. So See, basically, if it's um if it's being built it's for your own use, if it's for your own use, you're yeah. entitled to claim it back, and that yeah. only actually came about in 
Is it 2006? 2010. 2010. Somebody challenged the ruling because you could never claim it before, on anything that was designated as holiday. Holiday property. Mm-hmm. Um, before, but somebody challenged that ruling yeah. in the high, through the High Court and won it. So this is in the UK, of course. So yeah. the, the ruling now is if it's just for your own use, then yeah, you can, you're entitled to claim it. So. So it wasn't too because they can be a bit finickety about. Oh well, there were there were well, timings. The first, the first, took us a while, didn't it? So the first yeah. uh, approach we made, um, this person we were speaking to in the rat office knew nothing about. Knew nothing about it. He, just, it. he yeah. just said you're not entitled to it, and that was that. As far as he was concerned. Yeah. Anyway, we did, off the phone kind of thing. Yeah, we, we did get it, but um, we spoke to our accountant, and she assured us that we were yeah, entitled said, to it. Yeah. And so like, we carried on and persisted, and. Uh, Eventually, they agreed. <clears throat> mm-hmm. We had to prove the fact that you know we're using it for our own purpose. And then yep. they were queried about why we were living in it. We didn't have planning permission to live in it. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. This is for money. It's not. It's not. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Everything around here is a bit wild well, west. If, any, if, if anybody chose to complain around here, then yeah, okay, but I, mean, I don't think anybody. No. And, do, and the planners will know very well, won't they? they right. yeah, yeah. Mm. In any way, we're in, we're in isolation now, so they can't shift us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've just had our first jabs been in the... Yeah, uh, we have, yeah. Oh, you've got your jabs. Yeah. We were supposed to be having our um, last uh, 50, 50th wedding anniversary last year. And we decided, uh-huh. yeah, well, we... we by the end of March, we knew it wasn't going to happen, so we just cancelled cancel it. it. Yeah. And now we, we put it back to August this year, and I think we're probably going to have to cancel it again. So. Yeah. But, but in the meantime, there's lots of other celebrations piling up now, aren't there? So we're accumulating them. One, one of our daughters fifth <laughs> birthday next week. One of our sisters is 70th. Yeah. 70th, so, <laughs> so we'll have them all together. It'll be a hell of a party when yeah, Exactly. Massive parties after this is over, I tell you. Um, and, and kind of main tips, advice for others that are thinking of going down a similar route as you. Um, mm. It will be all-consuming. I think you have to accept that. And when we, yeah. We've done this several times before, so we know the score. Um, but it can take over your life, and the trick is not to let it, you know, to... Yeah, if you can avoid it, but... Yeah. It'd be, it's worth it in the end, though. It's a very satisfying yeah. thing to yeah, do, isn't it? it's worth it in the end. And we have enjoyed it. I mean, the thing about this we one enjoy. in particular. We enjoy Look, it. It gets <clears> us up in the morning. It's great. It's just great to have something to yeah, do, isn't it? Isn't it? But the age we're at, um, when we started this, I mean, we were, how old were we? Late 60s, six, pushing yeah, 70. Yeah. When we actually started building. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's really my... My general health has improved, I have to say. I was having problems with one time on my hands, uh, arthritis in my joints and that kind of thing. Mm. And when I started walling again, started walling blocks again after a gap of a few years, um, it improved tremendously and uh, it's, it's kind of kept us fit and healthy and on the bone. Yeah, and I've learned new skills as well, so yeah. apart from yeah, everything else. I did some of the block work, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, the thing this time for us is... Uh, it's been different as, as the years have gone on. When we've done it in the past, we've had family pressures. You know, we've done it when we're bringing up children, bringing up the family, and of course, financial pressures that go with that. But this time, we didn't have any of that because you know we've no mortgage or anything. Yeah. Just, um, 
Yeah, it's been on the whole, it's been. Yeah. And, the, and the other thing is that I'm, I'm, well, we're both very keen on, on the wildlife situation. And the spot where we are is actually fantastic. I mean, we have, we've got pine mountains, we've got otters in the lake, um, yeah. kingfishers, swans coming in the lake, you know, and this goes on every day. So you, yeah. you're aware of that and you're enjoying it every day, you know. Mm. Yeah, so that means there's going to be a next project then you have to keep fit and healthy <laughs> what's the next project well, watch this space <laughs> yeah, watch this <laughs> it's funny you should say that I mean we've had one or two like disasters like we decided to uh, oh I'll just concrete floors that'd be good yeah. ne never having done it before of course well that was a disaster <laughs> um, the mix wasn't right you know, so you, there's no way you could... Yeah, we finished it with too many soft spots. And yeah. We ended up abandoning the idea of polishing mm. it entirely. But, um, but out of that then, um, because we'd bought some big bags of... Um, some coloured aggregate. Aggregate, yeah. you know, to mix in, to make the colours. And I thought, well, oh, maybe I'll start doing some pavings, you know, flags for the, the outside. So Paul made me some moulds yeah. and... Well, I remember you asking me how many you think we'll need, and I said, oh, it's going to be a couple of hundred at least, you know, knowing it'd be at least 500 or more, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, it's just I knew I've done them, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so have you made them? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're all laid, yeah. all, you know, the paths outside. and She yeah. doesn't do crochet or anything like that. <laughs> She's doing this man makes it. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, it is more useful in many ways. Yeah. So that was that was one sort of, but it you know it, it was good fun in a way because we got we had three well one son and two was it two or two grandsons two, strapping yeah. lads to help us with the mixing and everything. It was really nice though. We had a good time, didn't we? Yeah. Um, even yeah. though it didn't work out right, so but it probably taught them something as well. So. <laughs> yeah. That is and a, how did you guys aspect of it if your family do get involved? It is good. You know, it's, yeah. it's great fun. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So then, just the last bits would be just about keeping on top of costs. Um, I suppose tips in relation to that. I mean, we touched upon a few, but um, as well as how did you guys, um, you know, how did you guys manage the finances? Was it on an Excel sheet or? Keeping track of it in a ledger, no, just, no. No, just keeping invoices and and, uh, and usually keeps the track of. I the no, I don't do spreadsheets for yeah, like yeah, for like say when I did the the um, VAT return and but not not on a big scale. No, I just, mean the biggest thing, of course, is always labour, and of course mm. most of the labour was our own. So it's, you see, we had accounts with very, you know, we had accounts with um, well. Cathcarth, uh, Murdoch's it is now. Right. And um, who else do we have a count with? The people that supply the stone you know, and, and the, um, the, the advice aggregates. Would, sorry, um, I think the advice I would give, because I mean, I've had a, a lifetime of being um, self-employed as a building contractor. Um, and the thing is to, the advice I would give to other people is to Try not to change your mind. It always gets costly because there are always knock-on effects. You know, when you change an issue, you change any kind of aspect of the bill, and there's always a knock-on effect, and it can add up to quite a lot of money. So I think the advice really would be to 
spend as much time as you can in the pre-planning stage and know what you want and stick with it. Yeah. Were there any changes on your build? Well, it was less relevant for us because we'd be doing it anyway, you know. So yeah. uh, that was the biggest one, as Anne had said, the um, uh, the failure with the, the, the polished concrete floor. Mm. But in terms of changes, um, I think we added a couple of uh, these um, tall, narrow windows on the front Oh, well, that's right. We did that, yeah. Yeah, originally it was just going to be the... Uh, just the main... The, just in the main room. In the living room, it would just have been... Because you, know, you know it curves. The big double doors. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got like a curve on it. You can you know, see from the pictures. So we decided to just put two like narrow windows either side of the doors, which I'm glad we did because yeah. you could just get a nice like a... And that, that was an afterthought. We're actually just sat yeah. one day on a pile of blocks having a cup of coffee and, mm. and uh, decided it'd be a good thing just to... Before I'd actually built the walls, I just started on the yeah. curb bits and realised that um, it would add to it just to have those. They're, they're only about um, about a foot wide, out about yeah. 30 centimetres wide. It gives a nice framed view, you know, yeah. either side. So, yeah. Other than that, I think... Um, no, I can't think of any... Uh... But uh, you know, I mean, if you're going to do it yourself, you have to be—you uh, have to get on quite well to work together. <laughs> yeah, there's a very high incidence of divorce among self-builders. It's about twenty-five percent higher than the rest of the country. <laughs> I'm sure that's an official statistic. It is. Yeah. Uh, um, so, any other any other tips, advice, anything we didn't touch upon that? Yeah, well, just mention? one thing. Going, going back to the sheltered idea and the idea of using concrete and using the thermal mass in the concrete. I do remember when I first became interested in the earth shelter thing 40 odd years ago, and bear in mind these statistics now will have changed because there's been such improvement in insulation in houses. But at the time, <clears throat> I came across some research that was showing that if you take the life, the whole life of a building and all the energy used in producing the materials, in producing the building, the maintenance costs, the um, heating costs, the lighting, cooking, hot water, um, maintenance and repair work kind of thing. Over a lifetime of a building, which at the time this study was based on a 60-year lifespan, of all that energy added up together, only 5% was used in the actual construction. So you realise then how important it becomes um, you know, you can offset the the cost of concrete if you like. The, I'm talking now not the not the financial cost. I'm talking about the embedded energy cost in producing concrete. Um, if you look at the long term effect it can have, long term savings, I think that is something worth taking into account. Mm. People often come and look at this and say, "Well, I've, I mean, I've, I've never described these houses as eco houses. Other people have done that. And and then the, you challenge the saying, how can you call it an eco house with all the concrete in it? Well, you've got to do the sums and the, all the life of the house, it works. No, that's brilliant. Well, listen, guys, thanks so much. Really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you. Bye. 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 
That's it for this Self Build Plus podcast episode. Tune in next time for more tips and advice from experts and self builders alike. And make sure to explore everything Self Build Plus has to offer. The Self Build Plus journey guides you through the process of building and home improving. The Self Build Plus forum allows you to share and learn from other self builders. While the Self Build Plus videos and our Self Build Plus virtual events are packed with information and advice. With self-build, stop dreaming, start building. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.